Tonight, I want to speak about hearing God's voice. And um, I couldn't have had a better lead into that with how everything went. And I'm also going to be speaking about Moses. So there we go. Well, a couple of years ago, just to start things off, I was on the phone to my prospective daughter-in-law, who's from Scotland. In fact, she's in Glasgow, and she's from Glasgow, and she's got a very, very broad accent. And it might have been the first time I ever spoke to her. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, it's like joining the dots of what she was saying, because I'd get some things, then I wouldn't get others. And she was talking about this tavern cruise something, and I'm thinking, what is she talking about? I thought she worked for an airline. And um, finally, I thought, oh, I'll ask her where she she's based right now. And she said, Glasgow Airport. Ah. And then I realized she was saying cabin crew trainer, and I was getting it totally wrong. But, you know, sometimes we can be a bit like that with God. We sort of, we get bits and then we think, oh, is that God? Is that really him speaking? Like, you know, what did you say? And um, and the other thing too, like, have you ever had a new friend and you go to ring them up and you introduce who you are because they're a new friend, they might not know who you are. And when they ring you, they introduce themselves. And this goes on maybe, I don't know, for three or four phone calls. And then... They don't have to say who they are anymore because you know who they are. Well, that's the same with God. You know, when he gives us a bell, maybe, or talks to us, that after a while we get to know his voice and we get to know the sound of his voice and we recognize his voice. So tonight I want to speak about Moses and I want to speak about the burning bush. And Greg spoke about the burning bush last week, and I'd already been saying to him, this is what I want to speak about. He didn't pinch it from me. He just, I'm just following on a little bit more. So just before I go into this piece of what happens in Scripture there, I just want to remind you of the things that Moses did after, okay? Just to put a nice, big, positive spin on what I'm about to say. (laughs) Moses was this man who went and delivered the Israelites, roughly three million people from Egypt. He had a staff. That was the main thing he had. He could fling it down and it would turn into a serpent. He got to the Red Sea and he could, he was the man. He could put the staff out and the waters parted. When he got in the wilderness, He got to the mountain that I was just reading about before. And he met with God face to face on the mountain. Like he, that he was the man. He did some just amazing supernatural things because of God speaking to him. But I just want to go back a bit, just a bit before this burning bush thing that happened for him. He, when he was a young man, he had grown up in Pharaoh's palace, okay? He grew up as an Egyptian, even though he was a Hebrew. And you probably all know the story behind that, and I won't go into that tonight. 
But when he had grown up, he saw an Egyptian fighting a Hebrew. He killed the Egyptian, hid the body. Pharaoh finds out the next day he's off fleeing to the wilderness. Okay, just to give you a bit of background, why is he in the wilderness already? So he flees to the wilderness, sits down by a well, meets seven beautiful women who take them, him to their father, Jethro. He ends up marrying one of them, has a couple of boys, and spends 40 years, 40, 40 years in the wilderness, tending sheep, for goodness sake. 40 years. He was a prince of Egypt, but not anymore. But Jethro was a priest, a priest of Midian. So here's Moses. He'd been under the Pharaoh, in Pharaoh's palace, under the king, as it were. And now he had come out into the wilderness under the influence of this priest of Midian, Jethro. So he's out one day. He goes a bit further than normal. He goes to the far side of the desert and something catches his attention. Now in the wilderness, it's probably pretty hot. So burning bushes might happen from time to time. They might just combust. But anyway, this bush gets his attention because it actually doesn't burn up. It just keeps on going. So he's curious. It sort of grabs him. So he goes over to the bush and God speaks to him and says, Moses, Moses. And he says, here I am. And God says, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals. This is holy ground. Now, at this point, believe it or not, he didn't know who it was. It was just some supernatural phenomena that had happened to him in the wilderness. He didn't know who the voice was even. It, he, it was, he'd been curious. He'd gone to take a look. Whoever this voice was knew him, called him by name. It was some sort of holy thing happening, but he, at that moment he didn't know until... God said, Moses, I'm the God of your father. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And at that point, he hid his face. He knew who it was. This wasn't some random supernatural thing. This was God. This was the creator of heaven and earth. And he knew and he hid his face. God had his complete attention. So God tells Moses his plan because God had heard the cry of, of his people in Egypt. They were being oppressed by Pharaoh. And so God starts telling Moses his plan. He tells them that I've come down to rescue them. And I'm going to take them into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And then the next thing God says is, so now go, I am sending you. I don't think that's quite what Moses had expected. God had just said he had come down to rescue the people. Sweet, that's fine. You want to send me? 
What did you say? Did I hear right? You just told me this great big story and now you're telling me to go? And God had said, yes, he was sending him to Pharaoh. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? Are you kidding? Do you know who I am? Do you know what I did? Do you know why I fled from Egypt? I killed somebody. I'm out in this desert hiding from Pharaoh, and you want me to go back to Pharaoh? You want me to go back to Egypt? You must have the wrong person. I've been living 40 years in this wilderness, and you've got it wrong. You see, Moses wasn't the man that he he had been. He once was. He'd been brought up in the king's palace. He was a prince of Egypt. But now the strength and courage of Egypt had left him. And the wilderness, I don't know whether it had been kind to him over those years. He did have a wife and children. And he had been under the influence of, of this priest, Jethro. But he was still a shepherd. He was just a shepherd. In Exodus 4.10, he tells God that he's not eloquent of speech to go and speak to Pharaoh. You know, I fumble with my words. I get tongue-tied. You want me to go? And a bit later on, in chapter 4.13, he says, Oh, Lord, Please send someone else. Just, you know, this is after God has explained everything to him, the whole lot. What he was going to do, what God was going to do, what Moses was going to do. It gets right to the end and says, please send someone else. Just send someone else. Who am I? How can I go? You see, he'd lost his identity. Somewhere in the desert, he had lost who he was. He hadn't recognized this voice speaking to him, but then he had realized that it was, in fact, the God of his fathers. And so God says to him, God's response to him when he says, who am I? God said, I will be with you and I'll show you a sign and that I'm going to bring you back to this mountain. And that will be a sign to you. And then in verse 13 of chapter 3, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Four times throughout his encounter with God at this burning bush, God spoke to him and said, I'm the God of your father. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was like he had to keep reiterating it. You know who this is speaking to you. You know who I am. This is me. Are you getting it, Moses? 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, Moses didn't have a manual with the ten steps to how to hear God. He didn't, like, he didn't have anything to fall back on. His father hadn't had a burning bush experience. Abraham hadn't had a burning bush experience. He didn't have anywhere in anything that could tell him what you do when you get to a burning bush experience. This was a whole new thing. Who are you? Moses was, in asking God the question, what's your name? It was like, who are you? Who are you that you're appearing to me in a burning bush? Who are you? Who is this God that we serve that flung stars into space, that put planets on their courses so precisely and placed the earth exactly in position on its axis so that we would have enough sunlight and enough of everything we needed to live? that spoke and said, let there be light, and there was light, who divided the deep waters from the dry land, who with his hands took some dust and formed us, formed man and woman. Who is this God? Who is he? Who is this God who works in us to will and do of his good pleasure? Who's this God who pursues us with his love to the point of death, to the point of dying on a cross for us? Who is this God? Who is he? Do we know him? Do we know his voice? Do we know what his voice sounds like when he speaks? In John 10, it says, my sheep know my voice. Tonight, if you've given your life to him, then you are his sheep and you will know his voice. Who is this God and what is his name? You see, there was a way bigger picture than Moses could see. There was all of this stuff going on in Egypt, but Moses was on the backside of the desert Now, I don't know why that was. Perhaps in all of that, God had a plan and kept him out of Egypt and was preparing him all that time, which I believe he was, to be ready for when God spoke and sent him. The burning bush was just the beginning. It was just the beginning of encounters with God like he could never dream of. It was the beginning of God displaying his supernatural power to Moses. And we have this power within us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. The same power. And on that very mountain, God had said he would return Moses would return again and encounter God. He promised him that. And when Moses did return, it was, I was reading in Exodus 13, I think it is. 
it, the earth was, the mountain trembled. Like we're talking about, okay, Moses has met God in a burning bush. That's one thing, okay. This burning bush, amazing. It had totally caught his attention. He ends up leaving Egypt with the children of Israel, being led by a pillar of fire and cloud. Simon mentioned about the cloud tonight. This huge, massive, I mean, I can't comprehend it really, but he was, he was led by this fire and cloud into the wilderness. And then he gets to this mountain of God, this mountain where the earth shakes as God comes down in the fire and cloud on the mountain. I mean, can you even imagine it? An earthquake under your feet. You're watching this cloud coming down and the fire and the power of God. The power of God. And and God calls Moses to come up. I mean, do you want to go? Would you want to go if it was you? I mean, it's scary stuff. It was totally like... It's just so hard to describe. I just can't imagine it. It's like a volcano erupting, isn't it really? That's probably the best way to describe it. I actually tried to find a picture that would depict it, but I couldn't find anything because I just kept looking at volcanoes, but there was nothing with a cloud. This is the God that Moses was on this journey with. It was like the beginning for him, this burning bush, of an incredible and yet terrifying at times journey with God. So God gave Moses these instructions about what he would need to do and and go into Egypt. And what did Moses say? He says, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you. What if? What if I look a fool? What if I've got no credibility with them? What if they just laugh at me? What if they stay in Egypt and they won't go? What if? What does that look like for us? What if it costs me? What if it costs me everything? What if God tells me something and then he doesn't fulfill it in the time I think he's going to do it? What then? What if? What if it gets uncomfortable? What if it's hard? What if it's just too hard? What if it takes too long? What if God says the opposite to what I want? Maybe we don't want to hear his voice. Maybe we just don't want to hear because what if? What if he says something and requires something of us that we may not want to do? Can we trust this God that I've been telling you about to hear his voice no matter what he's going to say? What if he promises me something and I don't see it fulfilled for a long time? What if? 
And God responds to Moses by showing him more signs and wonders. And it was the beginning of this supernatural life. Really, it was the beginning of of the supernatural just being normal for Moses, if you look at it from there on in. And God fulfilled everything that he had spoken. Everything happened, as God has said. You see, God's not a man that he should lie. What he speaks, he does. I believe there's no plan B. I'll say that again. I believe there's no plan B. I tell you when you get a plan B in your life is when you abort the process. It's when you sign out and you say, I've had enough, I can't do it, God. It's just too hard. He doesn't want us to cast away our confidence, Hebrews 10 tells us. Don't cast away your confidence. Stand firm. Persevere. Don't give up. I've had things in my life in the last three years where I've wanted to give up. And you know, every single time, every time, I'm talking every time, I've, wherever I've been or I've walked in here and someone's got up the front. I remember one time Ingrid got up and she said, don't give up. And I was about to give up. And she's almost yelling it from the front, don't give up. And other times it's come in other ways, don't give up. And I'm saying to you tonight, don't give up. It doesn't matter if it gets hard. It's going to get hard sometimes. Sometimes what God's saying and requiring of us gets uncomfortable and we don't like it. Sandra last week, the eagles, the eaglets in the nest, the nest gets uncomfortable, it gets thorny, and the, it's because they've got to be pushed out. Uncomfortable's good. Even pain can be good. Can you believe that? Three and a half years for me, three and a half years ago, I started on a journey that I'd been a Christian since I was 14. But three and a half years ago, everything changed. I was house-sitting up at Papamoa, and I had taken some books with me, a couple of books, an audio book, and, of course, I had my Bible. And God just started speaking to me and recurring things. I, I hadn't had this sort of thing happen before. And he just, it was like everywhere I turned, I'd be listening to the, to the audio book, and it would be saying the same thing as the book I was reading. And it was just, it just kept happening over and over again. And it was just, it was a huge turning point in my life. And there were some things that God had spoken to me. And so from that moment on, I just held on to those promises that he'd given me. And there's been, yeah, there's just been, when I thought about it, how does God speak? There have been so many things that I've just had to keep writing them down. 
I don't know whether you keep a journal, but I tell you what, when God starts speaking, keep a journal. Because you'll want to go back. You'll want to go back to the date in that journal of when he spoke. Because, he was, you know, it just keeps confirming what he's saying. So I just wanted to, there's a, a few ways I've experienced that God's spoken. And one of them, this. I've got this Bible app on my phone, okay? If you've got a smartphone, all I can say is, Get the Bible app on your phone. Seriously, just get it. Um, I use Uvision, a little bit of appetizer. Um, but it, I, because I find when I read my Bible, and yes, I read my Bible, I choose bits. You know, you find you skip over things and you have your favorite bits you like to, to read. And so I started listening to the Bible on my phone and, and each day it goes to a different, um, you know, it's like Bible in a year and I'd be listening to it. And anyway, this year, because God had, like I said, I'd started this journey and he had spoken to me from a particular book of the Bible and he's just kept speaking to me from it. I won't go into that tonight, but... He's kept speaking from this book over and over again, a bit like the don't give up. And anyway, in April, it was three years since he'd started me on this journey. And my Bible plan had locked, it had jammed the end of last year. It just jammed up. It wouldn't work. And so I'd started a new plan. Well, on the exact day that was the third um year anniversary, if you like, of God taking me on this journey. It was this particular book that was on the thing. It was just that book, and it just blew me away. That he would, out of 365 days of the year, he planned it, bang on that day. You see, faith, faith, and we need faith when we hear his word, um, when he speaks. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I can't say it enough to listen to his word as well as read it. I had another situation. I just want to just talk to you for a minute about some things that have happened for me because maybe it'll help you, maybe. I've been reading in Isaiah one day, Isaiah 7, and it said, Ask me for a sign anything from the heavens to the earth. And it was the prophet speaking to King Ahaz, ask for a sign. So I thought, okay, God, I'm going to ask you for a sign. And at that time I was flatting in Mangaraki and I drove down the hill and got to the roundabout and there was a rainbow, just a piece of a rainbow. And I went off to work, didn't think anything of it. The next day I get down to the roundabout and there's a rainbow this piece of a rainbow, same spot, go off to work. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if there was a rainbow tomorrow? And I get down to the roundabout, and there's a rainbow. Third day, there's a rainbow. And I'm driving to work, and I just said, like said to God, wouldn't it be amazing if there was more than one rainbow today? On the way to work, there was another rainbow. And in the harbour all morning, these rainbows just kept appearing and going 
and appearing. And I was just blown away. Who am I? Who am I that I could ask God for a sign? And he could show me rainbows. <laughs> Something happened last year and I had a disappointment in my life. And, and I remember as I'd heard some news, I came, I happened to come downstairs and I went into the prayer room, um, or the crash. And I was down on my face before God. And I just said, God, what does this mean now? I was desperate. I wanted to hear his voice. I just, it was like I had to hear his voice and I shut everything out. And I just wanted to hear his voice and nothing else. And anyway, one word came, fun. I'd asked him, what does this look like now? And he said, fun. Do you think that made any sense? No. (laughs) Not at all. And God doesn't always make sense. And I just need to say another thing tonight. Don't limit him. Don't limit him. We have this, like this thing, we think God is just this much. He'll do this much, but he wants to do this much. He wants to do outrageous things beyond anything that we have ever seen, dreamed, or imagined. It's who he is. And I, anyway, I got up off the floor and I went up and was talking to Melissa. Good thing always to talk to someone when you've had some, what you think's God speaking. And the next day in my inbox, I'd been looking at something that was fun that I thought I'd do. And it was grab one. And it was the very thing. Two weeks later, I get this gift given to me. And as I opened it, I realized I just burst into tears. It was an entertainment book. Can you believe it? fun, entertainment. Then within a week or so after that, I'm at this training day here and everyone's getting prayed for at the end. And so I go up and finally get prayed for. And the first thing that comes out of this woman's mouth is fun, fun, fun. I think I got the message that God was speaking God is just, he's just so amazing. He's seriously so amazing. Last year, I sort of alluded to it. It was, it was probably the one, one of the most painful years in my life. And I'm going to mention that tonight because there are people here struggling with stuff. And, you know, life isn't always easy. And last year turned into, all I can describe is a wilderness. It became a wilderness. I knew God was with me, but it was like he stripped everything away. And I finally understood the season I was in too, and that it was winter. And I don't like winter, you see. I'm one of these people, like... When autumn's sort of finishing, I'm heading for spring. You know, I can't wait to see the first spring bulbs and everything and the sunshine and everything's all sweet again. And let's get through winter really fast. Well, I began to understand what winter was all about. And it was a time of rest. And it was a time when the leaves fell off the trees because it, and 
a time when pruning happens and all of that stuff. But for me, it was a time when God was slowing me down because I wouldn't slow down. I wanted, he'd spoken and I wanted to run, but he wanted me to keep in step with him and he had to slow me down. And the only way he'd do it was to take me through that season. And I embraced it. I embraced it. Can I say you to you tonight, embrace the time you're in, even if it's painful. Let God work in it. Let him speak to you because he will speak. He's speaking loudly if we will listen. I just want to encourage you tonight. Does he have your full attention? God got Moses' full attention at that burning bush. Moses didn't really know fully who he was. And he didn't fully know who God was. But do you know, the more we get to know God, the more we will know who we are. And the more we get to know God, the less we'll be saying, what if? Because we know who he is. We'll know. Can I get the band to come back up? We'll have that one, I surrender. I just want to encourage you to cultivate cultivate expectancy to hear his voice. Not just like once a week, once a month, oh, maybe he'll speak to me this year. But daily, have that expectancy and expect the unexpected. Seriously, expect the unexpected. Don't limit how he'll do it.